Hello and welcome to Head and Heart, a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. My name is Katie and I'm here with my best friend and co-host Frankie. Hey guys! Hello everyone! We are here today with our first ever Q&A episode. We're doing it in the same structure as we do on our other podcasts where we did a Q&A for episode 10 and then episode 20. Mm-hmm. So it's episode 10, which means it's Q&A time and you guys sent in some awesome questions. So... Frankie has a time limit today. She has to get to work after we record this. So let's just jump right into it. Yay! First question. We'll do the comments first. We had some comments and then question responses to our Instagram stories. Okay. First question. What inspired you to start your podcast? Katie. Basically, (laughs) it was just reading the books. (laughs) Uh. Like... It really wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't some grand, like, you know, for th- it was kind of a mixture of reading the books around the same time that we started the Zutara podcast. Yeah. And it kind of just snowballed. Yeah, it snowballed. It came together naturally. It, there wasn't some big moment where we had this revelation of like, oh, we should start a Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. We kind of just briefly mentioned it decided to do a sister podcast to our other one and it came together yeah uh it helped we were having a lot of fun with the zutara podcast at the time um and so because of that i think it just came about really naturally because we were already doing a different podcast and so we were having so much fun with the books that like katie said it was just like oh well we could think about doing one for SoKeef, well, for keepers in general, with a SoKeef focus, um, because there aren't yeah, many that right. I know of, so, so yeah. No, there's the Keeper cast, which is, like, the go-to place for theories. I know we did a theories episode, mm. but guys, if you want really good in-depth knowledge of the books in Keeper of the Lost City series, go to the Keeper cast on whatever podcast platform you use. They are fantastic. All right, next question. Favorite KOTLC or Keeper of the Lost Cities book and character? Uh, This is easy (sighs) for me. But I'll let you go first, Frankie. I honestly, it's similar to like Percy Jackson, Gregor for me, where there are like three books in each series that... I cannot actually choose. I'll think I have a favorite, and then I'll reread the other one again, and that one becomes my favorite, and then I'll reread the other one again, and that one will become my favorite. So book, like, three, four, and five for me. Probably book four is just a bit above. I love book four. Um, But, like, really, books three, four, and five, just together, I love as, like, a three-parter, almost. Like, I can't really choose. And who's your favorite character? I have my guess. I'm pretty sure I'm right. <sighs> it's like, it's almost gotta be Keith. Just, <laughs> I don't even know if it's because he's my favorite. It's just because I'm so overprotective of him because of everything he has to go through. And then because he's put on the outs a lot with everyone else. That I, I don't even know if it's because he would be my favorite character otherwise. Or if it's just because I've become so like overprotective of this boy. That I'm just like, 
don't talk to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, be nice to him. But I also... Interesting. That wasn't my guess for you because Keith is my favorite character. Well... I'll say that right now. But I also for you, Grady. I was thinking it along the lines of, like, characters that just scream Frankie, if you know what I mean, yeah. in the series. And I was going between Tim and Grady. That was going to be what I was going to say is that, like, because I don't know if Keith would be, like, my actual favorite if it weren't for the fact that, like, he goes through so much... I do love Grady. I do love Tam. <laughs> like, but actually, I think if I was going to pick one, I love Mr. Forkle. Like, yeah, you do. I love the Forkles. I just have so much respect for them. I love them. I think if I'm going to pick an actual favorite, it's probably the Forkles. I just love them so much. Keith is just my boy that I'm protective over. You see, I'm not as into them as you. I just find them so interesting. I love them. Don't get me wrong. I really like them. Like, mm. I, I don't, I'm not indifferent to them. I actively like them, but I'm just not <laughs> as passionate about it as you. I just love them. I think if I was going off of, like, just, like, ah, yes, whenever a character does something or whatever, it would be the Forkles. Um, I think it's just because I'm very overprotective of Keith that I'm, like, I lean towards him, but I think my actual favorite would be, like, the Forkles or Tam or Bianna even. Like, that sort of thing. So, yeah. I also really like Bianna, and I think she's incredibly underrated. Incredibly. But in terms of how complex the character is written, in terms of how invested I am in the character, my number one is Keith. Flat mm. out. I yeah. really, really like how he is written. I like his plight almost as a character what he's going through I think it's really dynamic and really fascinating and he's I'm very protective of him like you are Frankie it's just yeah. he's my boy and I want to help him and give him a hug so I love characters like that it's why I love Hunter in the Owl House <laughs> who is another I made a post joking so in the same summer I watched the Owl House and or, sorry, season two of The Owl House came out where Hunter is introduced. And I read Keeper of the Lost Cities, and I made a post with the two of them on it, and I was like, it was the summer of blonde trauma boys. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, that's really what it is. Like, they have a lot of similarities. Can I guess your favorite book? Because I think I know it. What is it? Book two. Is it You're book two? right. <laughs> yes! <laughs> um... However, it is kind of, so in terms of the book that just speaks to me tonally, mm. it's book two. It's a special book to me. It just holds a place in my heart. I love the beginning was meeting Sylvanie. I love the intensity of the scenes going to the prison and the mind breaking and all of that. I love the end with Keith. I think it's a fantastic little adventure. I just, going back to... Foxfire. I just, I enjoyed that book immensely. I always, the first and second book, I always reread in a day. Mm. It only takes me a day to get through. Yeah. And then sometimes book three takes me only a day as well, sometimes two days. And then obviously you get to the longer ones and it starts taking three or four days to, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> my voice got so deep there for some reason. <laughs> a little <No>. bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyways, it's a tie between book two and book eight. Mm, I haven't seen book eight, 
isn't as fresh in my memory. That's the only one I haven't reread at this point. <laughs> so what? maybe once I do reread it, because I remember liking it. I just genuinely can't remember anything that happens in that book because <laughs> it's been so long that like it's not clear in my mind at all. I I really like Legacy. I think it is absolutely fantastic. I think it's a fantastic course correction from my least favorite book, which is book seven. I know you're more of a tie for book six and book seven for your least favorite. Yeah. For me, it, it's standout book seven. I have much more tolerance for book six than you with some of the hormones <laughs> going around. It's not just the hormones. It's just all of book six just aggravates me like there are great moments in book six don't get me wrong one of my favorite so moments is in book six but book six as a whole just like it's like something's under my fingernails like it's like a, a splinters under my fingernails and I can't get it out like <laughs> I still think it's a great book it just oh it takes me so long to get through it yeah, I was gonna say you were cruising through those audiobooks while you were rereading, and then you hit book six, and it was like you came to a dead stop <laughs> for like two weeks, and it somehow carried into book seven because I like book seven more than book six. But like, it's I reread the first five books in maybe like a week and a half, two weeks audiobooking, uh, and then I yeah, it's book six and seven. It's been about a month. <laughs> oh goodness i haven't listened to the audiobooks yet they're great you say they're really good so i want to one day but i'm gonna reread them physically one last time before the audiobooks this summer um mm -hmm. very very soon as soon as i finish the duology i'm reading um so i will probably have a lot more to say in the episodes and more in depth like recollections from the series and theories mm -hmm. and stuff we should do another series episode after we've both reread it to be honest yeah we should we should definitely return to that and now that the description for stellar loon is out we can do that as part of the build-up to stellar loon i think that would be really fun yeah that so. would be great we've got ideas guys for episodes don't worry Oh, yeah. Frankie sent me a whole text of, like, here's what we got to do, Katie. And I was like, love yes. it. Yes. <laughs> okay, next question. Next question. Where would you go in the Lost Cities? Literally, I don't know okay. if I would ever leave I my house. Hate <laughs> the houses are so nice, you would never want to leave. Right. No. Um, I would probably... Uh, the least... The last, I should say, place I would want to go is probably Atlantis because it's very industrialized and I would hate the process of getting there through the whirlpool. I don't do roller coasters. I hate losing my stomach. It really, really bothers me. Like, I've never been on a proper roller coaster. I can barely handle little ones. So I definitely would not want to go to Atlantis ever. Um, it's suffocating. Honestly, probably, yeah. Honestly, probably Grady and Edeline's house with all the pastures and stuff with the animals is where I would want to be. Yeah, I would want to visit, like, slurps and burps, like, maybe do some shopping, like, stuff like that. But Atlantis as a whole, like, the thought of just being under a dome of thousands of pounds of crushing water, that's Ugh. not it for me. 
I'm yes. not even claustrophobic and that would bother me. Yeah. Like, I'm not a claustrophobic person, but that, my anxiety would be woohoo. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like you said, Grady Needline, I would love to visit, like, some of the hideouts, the hi- the tree houses. I think I would love, I would love the tree houses where, you know, they stay, uh, while they're on the run, where Tam and Lynn live now. Like, I think that would be where I would really want to visit. I love, like, that whole aesthetic. I love the camping vibe to it. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with the tree houses. And because I love the ocean, the other place I would really love to go, once again, not Atlantis. I like to be next to the ocean on the shore. <laughs> I don't like to be under it. Yeah. I think that is absolutely insane. Uh-huh. Um, is actually ignoring the people who live there, Coralmere. The mm. song, Family House, I think sounds absolutely beautiful. That and Grady and Edeline's house are the two places that I would want to go. I don't want to go to Candleshade. It sounds dark and dingy and prison-like. And I don't... Doesn't appeal to me. And I really... The Vacker family home is just too shiny for me. Yeah. Too ornate. I would be like, scared about no- getting mud anywhere. <laughs> right? <laughs> And I'm always cold, so I don't really want to go to the Disney family house because I it says it's really cold there in the book. It's like a they're like in a winter wonderland <laughs> type thing. I would love to go there for the holidays and be there temporarily mm. and like celebrate Christmas yeah. there. But I would not want to live there full time. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sticking with the treehouse answer. I just love the treehouse the tree houses, how they're explained and described. I'd be worried I would, like, fall out while I was sleeping, though. Eh. Nah. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> You're like, I don't care. I don't, I'll be fine. It, yeah, like, they're big houses <laughs> and trees. They're not going to fall out. out. The idea of sleeping? They're like... I guess. I don't know. It always freaks me out. Katie, they're like huts. They're like huts, and the huts are secure. I and guess. You're not going to slip out of your bed and fall down, like, a deep, dark, like trench like that's not how these are set up (laughs) like no i can definitely sleep there soundly (laughs) okay okay i admit that it's cool and i guess i'm thinking like without a barrier next to you sleeping you can fall over over the edge of the tree that's in a hut (laughs) i guess they are in huts in the trees which is pretty cool and it would be safe i will give you that well and casey and i just (laughs) Used to climb trees like monkeys, like so. It just—I don't know. It wouldn't my bother me. My sister did, but my one big fear that I have is a fear of heights. So mm. not for me. Not even heights. I don't mind being on the top of a building on stable ground and looking over. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. I've done that plenty of times. It's um being on unstable ground. Like I don't like skateboards. I don't like ice skating. Anything slippery. Anything wobbly. That is me? like my. Who? Who rollerblades, like, at least once a day for, like, an hour. (laughs) I Uh, can never rollerblade. (laughs) Yeah. So, not for me, personally. I'll admit the tree houses are pretty cool, though. And the way, if it was an actual hut in the trees, like you're saying, which I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure you're right. It is. It wouldn't bother me. And I would think it's super cool being up in the trees. What were you imagining? They, like, tie, like, bam, like blankets together to the trees and they're just laying in the trees with like something like that i'm picturing yeah i'm picturing like the people who sleep on cliff sides katie (laughs) it's described as giant giant tree houses 
with like almost like houses and trees. It's been a while since I've read, okay? (laughs) Okay, okay. Next question. Moving on. (laughs) Next question, and this might be a longer one, but we did also do a whole episode on this. Mm. Opinions about the movie. So, disclaimer here. We did a whole episode talking about the adaptation, assuming Mm. it was going to be a television series. It's actually a film. Ah, I hadn't seen that. Well, this changed. I hadn't things. seen that either, but I just checked on when I got this ask. Why I is just it a film? or ask it's like it's on Tumblr. Um, response to my, you know how you can put the little questions thing in your Instagram stories. Yeah, the response to that, and I after I got it, I checked Shannon Messenger's website, and sure enough, it is movie rights that were sold. Why is it gonna be a film? <laughs> I kind of want to have a folding series. I know. Okay. Now I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm still looking forward to it. Like, it's just the pacing. I can't see it as well as a film as I can for a series. Like, you get two hours tops with a film. Like, uh, if I they're know. long films, I can see it working like the Harry Potter film franchise. Yeah, but they won't start off like that. So, I don't know. Um,. Hmm. I'm still they, looking okay, forward to it. Okay, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. If they start off with the first three books being given two-hour films per book. That's good. And then once you hit book four, they go up to two and a half hours. Yeah. I think it can really, really work. I think that can work. I'm scared they're going to do like a, like, it's an hour and a half long film and we're just going to skip the good, like, like little things yeah, here and here. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of too. Like, because a lot, we've talked about this before, too, a lot of the story is built around, like, relationships and family, and it's a lot of the subtle moments with, like, her, Grady, and Edeline, or her and her friends just hanging out, and if it's a film, I'm just worried they're gonna cut some of that to save time for, like, the bigger things, like, and I just don't know if a film goes over as well with how the last 50 pages of the first book like it's not like some big action fight scene it's like Sophie doing going off on her own and finding the Everblaze and stuff like that and it's like I just don't know if it translates as well over but I'm still like I'm not knocking it I think if they do it right like I will still be very excited and if they do casting right I'll be very excited yeah I can see it working both ways I can see the penultimate episode to a series to the first season ending with Sophie and Dex being kidnapped as a cliffhanger you mm. know what I mean yeah and then the the last episode which can maybe be a bit longer than the rest of them is the whole rest of the book yeah and then I can also see a film structure where them getting kidnapped is the end of the second act mm-hmm. of the film so it can really work either way. I'm not against the film. I think films have better budgets. I think that's a benefit to having a film. Yeah. Um, and I think as long as they are given proper length. Yeah. In the time that they need to breathe. So like you were saying, the heart stuff doesn't get cut. Mm-hmm. I think it can work out perfectly fine. So I'm not quite worried just yet. It's just not what I thought. I For whatever reason, I thought I recalled reading that it was going to be a series. Yeah, the, the the biggest thing here is time constraints. If they do the time constraints well, like Katie said, then I will be a lot less worried. 
I guess, like, it's all gonna depend on that. And then also, obviously, casting, stuff like that. I'm still very excited. I hope Shannon Messenger has, like, a huge part to play. Uh, So, we'll see. Okay, I just checked, and the Artemis Fowl movie was two hours long. So, we (laughs) might be all right. Okay. Okay, that's good. That makes me feel a bit better. If the Artemis Fowl movie, because I didn't watch it for obvious reasons. Yeah. We've actually discussed Artemis Fowl on the podcast before. Mm. Um, I think in the adaptation episode, actually, because it's a famous Disney adaptation now, a Disney Plus adaptation of a middle grade book. Ugh. If that was like, <laughs> you know, hour and a half long or whatever, or an hour and some change, I would be nervous. Yeah. That would be all Disney was willing to do. But because it's not... I'm feeling pretty okay about it. Yeah. Let's keep... We'll keep the hope alive until we have any news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, the Artemis Fowl. As long as they just don't butcher it. Like, they did Artemis Fowl. Uh, I love the Artemis Fowl No books. kidding. I love those books. Uh, okay. Well, moving on. Next question. But lengthwise, it was good. It had the right idea. It right. was just a... Not even in terms of accuracy, from what I can tell. It was just a not... It was just not a good book to translate. You can't translate Artemis Fowl in live action. It would have to be like cartoons, like Avatar style. That's how you would be able to translate Artemis Fowl, and that's the only way you would be able to translate Artemis Fowl. So, yeah. But, uh, anyways. All right. And lastly, we actually have some questions from Frankie's family. (laughs) So, want to give a little backstory to this, Frankie, about what you've been doing? Okay, so I mentioned in the last episode, I'm reading the books to my mother and my sister. Um, my sister has severe dyslexia, so over the years, um, I've just read different series to her, and I mentioned Keepers, and my mom was like, oh, what's this? And so she sat down one day, read with us, so it's just become a thing. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on recently, so we haven't been reading quite as much, but they are pretty much done book two and so when they heard Katie and I were doing this today they were like oh we want to ask questions and I was like are you sure because you don't know a lot about the series yet and they were like oh no we definitely want to ask questions so they ask questions from their skewed perspective um and my mother doesn't know how this works anyway. So she was just like, oh, I think this and this and this. And I was just like, okay, I, I will tell Katie. So that's kind of what happened. They wanted to be Her supportive. Her sister actually sent a proper DM in response to the... Right, yeah. right. My sister <laughs> She's, uh, she's more up to date. <laughs> so yeah, they just, they just wanted to be supportive and they wanted to be involved. So shout out to mom and my sister Casey. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm we sure. Really appreciate it. I'm sure they'll listen to these after they finish the series, and when whoever knows how long that'll take. But yeah, so uh, shout out to them. All right. So Casey's question. She has two questions. Top three Sokeith moments, and compare Disney movie ships with Keeper of the Lost City ships. She's already so, such a Soki fan, and I swear to God, I didn't taint her. Like, I didn't say anything about <laughs> how I them. Like, she just, she loves Keith's type of character in books. So as soon as he appeared, she was like, aha, <laughs> my guy. Doesn't she have a friend who really ships Fitzby? 
Yes, she knew about the books even before I started talking to her about them because she has a friend who really likes them. So when I mentioned Sophie, she was like, wait a second, that's familiar. I have a friend. She goes, who do you ship? She goes, my friend really ships Sophits. And my face was like, oh, I tried. I tried so hard to like contain <laughs> the ick. And I was just like, oh, I don't know if I would say they're my uh, main ship. <laughs> but yeah, so her one of her good friends really ships so fits. And Casey is now a so keep shipper. Um, so that's interesting. But yeah, I did not taint their view. It's going to be the West End story <laughs> of friendships on different uh, sides. <laughs> it's great. But oh, yeah. Okay, favorite SoKeefe moments. I know your favorite is the note scene. <laughs> yes, followed by the painting. Him mm-hmm. giving her the painting. Mine, uh, I love, like, this scene is just so great. And it speaks to their dynamic on every level. I love when Sophie's, like, desolate at this point. And her family is has been taken. They've been searching for ever they can't find them and she's just she's lost all hope pretty much and they're in the library and it's her and Keith taking a shift in the library to try and find Nightfall and he just makes her talk to him she hasn't been talking to anyone she's been so depressed like her world has been clouded she's barely responding and Keith makes her talk to him and he makes her communicate and he gives her hope and he's just holding her hand and she's holding it like a lifeline and Grady's in the background and he just is looking at them after and he's just staring at Keith after and there's just such respect there because he's like how did he do this and wait a second this I just love that whole scene like it just encompasses everything to me about their relationship I really like that scene too I wouldn't say it's in my top three though so my top three are so number three is probably Sophie running back with Keith and learning how to portal without free falling at the end of legacy Mm. I think that's a very powerful image. I think it's a very powerful moment of just pure, unconditional love between them Mm. and concern for one another. I find it very, very sweet. Second is him giving her the painting. That is one of my favorite moments between just any pair, like even on a friendship level in any book ever. It's one of the most thoughtful things I've ever read. Yeah. And I absolutely adore it. And number one is the note scene in Never Seen. Mm, I also do love the note scene. I just, them throw all of Never Seen. Like, them throw all of Never Seen is just top tier. And I just, I don't know if I can actually pick a favorite from Never Seen. Let's just put, like, just think of all Never Seen scenes. And it's like in my top three. Like, I love them in Never Seen. Uh, and then I do love Never Seen pain. is a great book. It's my number three. It's my like, number behind, one, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Behind book two and book eight, book four is my number three. And then not to go dark with this. I don't know if it's in my favorite scenes, but it's one I have to shout out. At the end of Legacy, when Keith is getting, like, literally torn apart. <laughs> oh, and they keep their mental connection together? Yes. He's, like, getting literally torn apart like tortured brutally and I haven't reread the scene I don't remember how brutal it was it might be worse than the shadow flux in book seven I can't compare them right now I just know it was brutal torture 
And book they- seven is worse. Okay, but I- I'm telling you right now, it's actually it's Keith's torture scene because it's done entirely externally is not that graphic. The okay. fight scene at the beginning of a flashback is graphic. I know it's graphic. I just couldn't remember because I haven't reread book eight how graphic Keith's torture is. I just know it's brutal and. Sophie can't do anything physically. None of them can. They're all being held captive, so you just have to listen to this torture. But she keeps their mental link, and it's just... And he will do the same when she's in pain, when she's fighting the echoes, and he just keeps her grounded with her emotions. It's just, uh, that dynamic. Uh, I don't need... That's, like, up there for me. So, yeah. We have very different top three Sokeith moments, but, like... But they're all fantastic. Yeah, they're they're all... all all six of them are in top ten for me. I don't even know how I could compile an actual list because all of their moments feel so substantial. You know what I mean? I'd have to go through all of my sticky tabs. Yeah. <laughs> I even love their meeting. Like, their meeting is so cute. Like Yes, them- I was considering making that my top, <sighs> my number three. It's probably my number four or five. It's so cute. I love cute. their first meeting. And them in detention together, like, wreaking havoc is so cute. Him protecting her from the never scene is so cute. Like, all of their moments, everyone commenting on their relationship, I just, all of their moments are so substantial that I honestly don't know how I would ever be able to compile a list of my actual, like, top five, top ten So Keith moments, because they're all great. Uh, they really are. Yeah. Like, it would be, like, even a top 20 would be pushing it. Like, stuff would have to get cut for me. Yeah. There's like so many great moments. When they're talking under the tree before he goes to join the Never Scene, and he's just talking to her and staring at her, and she's just, and they're connecting, and it's just, ah, there's so many moments. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't remind me of Never Scene. <laughs> So many moments! That, that book is painful. I love that book. Okay. Um, I love it too. Like I said, it's my number three in the series, but it is painful. Yeah. Okay, the second part of her question was compare them to Disney ships. Um, she loves... <laughs> she. I think because she hasn't read, obviously, nearly enough, she was just like, ah, oh, what do I know? Disney ships! Compare them to Disney <laughs> ships! <laughs> Um, yeah so what immediately comes to mind is rapunzel and flynn rapunzel and eugene from tangled like flynn slash eugene is totally keith a keith (laughs) (laughs) he's a brunette keith and rapunzel has a great sophie out in a new world energy to her yeah they are just really comparable and then also like just the way that they, like, I think of the scene where, um, you know, after they almost drown, Rapunzel and Flynn, and they're just talking, and he's talking about his past, and she's just like, well, I like uh, Eugene Fitzherbert much better than Flynn Rider, and Eugene's like, well, you'd be the first. That's such a Sokeith, like, type interaction. That is such a Sokeith interaction. I didn't even think of that, yeah. but you are dead on. Ah, <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> and I know there was another couple that I also agree with that you wanted to bring up. Um, okay, so this is 
this is a very light comparison. I'm going to make that clear before I go into this. Like, I am absolutely not saying that these are similar in a bunch of ways. I'm saying there's some similarities um, with SoFit, SoKeefe, like Esmeralda and Phoebus, and then Quasimodo on the side. I love Esmeralda and Phoebus so much. I think they're such a healthy relationship. A lot of people say, like, Oh, he only saw liked her because she was attractive. Quasimodo should have gotten her because because she was nice to him. And I'm just like, oh, that's not how that works. Actually, she never no. shows she never shows romantic interest in Quasimodo. Never. She always no. looks at it's him as a kindred platonic. spirit. She always looks at yes. him as a kindred spirit. And then Phoebus, they actually do make what I think is a pretty solid connection. And Phoebus is the only one who sees her as a person. Quasi sees her as this angel. Frollo obviously sees her as like this succubus. A devil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Phoebus is the only one who like really I feel like is like this is a normal person. This is a woman, a very attractive woman. It's funny woman. that you say that cuz the lyrics in the musical literally say Frollo goes she dances like the devil and Phoebus goes she dances like an angel. Yeah. So uh like that's so when we're comparing like I was I was about to sing it, but it's actually way too deep for me. Yeah, so I was just gonna sing it in a quiet little like in my alto tone. But I was like, you know, what? I'm not even gonna do that. It's too embarrassing. Uh huh. <laughs> but I feel like there's something to be said about Sophie and Fitz, and either one of them could be quasi in this sense where they almost idolize like the other one to a point where it's just not healthy, and they like have these big ideas about what they should be, and then. On the side, there's Phoebus, there's Keith, and it's like, oh, that's actually a much healthier relationship, no matter, like, how you look at it. Yeah, and now for your mom's question. Uh, are there any Disney couples you can think of that, like, Dexiana or, like, any of the other kiddos could, like, uh, compare to? I'm trying to think. She specifically asked about Soki, but we can go into Dexiana. Um, we don't have to. I'm I was like, just wondering if there's any comparisons yeah. you see. No, that's a great question. I'm trying to think. Dexiana. Or even any other couple, really. You know what's funny? I can kind of picture Kessler and Juline as Peppa and... Uh, uh, What's his name from Felix from Felix. Encanto? Like just Peppa kind of crazy and Felix is just like, ha ha. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's cute. You should see the dance moves that she's doing with this. That's why she's, yeah. <laughs> I've been dancing. An awful salsa. Oh, uh, okay. Neither of us are Latin, okay? No. And it shows. <laughs> I mean, yo hablo español un poco, pero no soy latina. I cannot speak <laughs> Spanish at all. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think about Dexiana. There's gotta be <gasps> a couple out there. Milo and Kita. Yes! Milo and Kita, Dexiana! Yes! Thank you! Thank you! You are brilliant! Oh. I'm coming through the obscure Disney couples. I had Phoebus yes, and Esmeralda. Oh, another obscure Disney couple that I love. <laughs> oh my god. 
I was trying. And the funny thing is about that is that I was struggling with the Dex end. Like, what Disney guy gives off Dex energy? It's Milo! <laughs> Milo! Yes! Oh my god. If you god. have not seen Atlantis, The Lost Empire, do yourself a favor. Go watch it. Go watch it. I am not kidding. It is an underrated gem. You know what vibes? Alongside Treasure Planet. Oh, yeah. They're both underrated gems. I love them. Uh, Do you know what vibes Tam gives me? And it's not just because he's Asian. He could be such a shame. He could be such a shame. (laughs) Like... (laughs) uh, But, yeah, I think that's... I think those are some good comparisons. <laughs> yeah, no, it's because Shang is angsty and also bi. Yeah. Bi <laughs> <laughs> con Lee Shang is Pride Month, and I'll scream that from the rooftops. Uh, who would be more of a Mulan, Morella or Biana? I think Morella. I can also see Biana as a Mulan type thing, but I think Morella would be. A great Mulan. Because she's taking care of her family. She always takes care of her family. She's got a taboo power. She has like, a taboo power, exactly. Okay. I we're great. We're guys, this has been this is great. <laughs> okay. We got the characters. Okay. What two Disney princes are we shipping together for dits? I, I was thinking like, of that. I feel like Okay, so Milo is Dex, and then who are we putting Milo with for Fitz? I feel like Fitz is one of the older Disney princesses that really doesn't say, have a personality. No, Fitz has a personality. It's just, okay, okay, we need some. He's the beast because of his anger management issues. <laughs> Dex could actually, be such a bell. Dex could be such a bell. Oh my gosh, he could. Oh my god, that's it. Dex. This is Beauty and the Beast. And the Beast. This is perfection. I was originally going to say Dex. Someone uh, draw a fan art of this now, please. Oh, my Dex God. Dex in the bell dress and doll. I will pay you. I will pay you money. But no, originally I was going to. This is a commission offer. Okay? I'm serious. This is a commission offer. DM one of us. Like, DM the, DM the KOTLC um, Instagram. Please, I swear I'll pay you money. But no, I was originally going to say that fits, like, could be like third movie Prince Charming, but third movie Prince Charming isn't <laughs> like isn't angry enough almost to be Fitz. He's so lighthearted and like ha ha ha. No, Fitz has the anger management and right of the Beast. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfection. And, and the Beast even gifts Belle a library. Like Fitz is gifting Sophie stuff all the freaking time. Ah. Uh, it's such, yeah, no, perfect. that is his love language. They share the same love language. This is perfection. This, this is, is literally perfection. I'm so, thank Casey for asking this question. This has opened uh, up a gold mine. <laughs> I, oh my god. This is the best question. I'm so happy with this. Okay, okay, we gotta move on. Oh, okay. oh my gosh, but- I'm trying to think of other couples still. Like, now I want to go through everyone. <laughs> oh my god this is just perfect you know what else like Dexiana I could I could get the feel from Dexiana kind of Anya and Kristoff like 
a little That's bit. That's what I was thinking. I was about to say that before you said Dex was Milo, which fits even better. But yeah, I can see Anna and Kristoff as well. Maruka is Elsa. <laughs> Maruka is Elsa or Merida. Like, she doesn't have time for this, okay? Uh, uh, I think Maruka is Merida and Acebeck. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, she's Elsa yeah. or Merida. Like, uh, well, oh this was gosh. this was fun. Um, this was fantastic. Fintan is Hades. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to move on. Oh we my really god! We need to move on from the Disney parallels. You know, we still have, it's been forty-two minutes, and we still have a question from your mom. <laughs> okay, okay, let's go. Let's go. So, speaking of Fintan, her question actually involves him. Yep. So, she said, I am very sad for Prentice and Wiley. Please talk about their dynamic with Tyrion. I also feel bad for Fintan because if I had to have my power, I'd go insane too. Yeah, we've talked about that extensively on this podcast yeah. by this point. How effed up this uh, stigma against pyrokinesis is. Mm-hmm. And how it makes the villains very human, very understandable. But also, talk about their dynamic with Tyrion. I mean, I think it's a tragic... Yeah. Story where these two dads didn't get to raise their son. Yes! Pride Month is Pride Month, and we will make everything gay if we have to. We don't care. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Um, I love how my sister just like, ah, oh, so cute moments. Disney moments. My mom's just like, I'm so depressed right now by what is happening. <laughs> she, she wants the real the- juicy stuff. She's giving us the hard questions. She hates the prison system. She hates how if you. Your mind is shattered. You just have to go live in a prison, basically, because your mind is shattered. She thinks that's so unfair. So I absolutely knew this was where she was going to be headed with these questions. But yeah, uh, Tyrion and Wiley it's and like, Prentice. It's like the go. old-fashioned mental hospitals that we yeah. used to have that were absolutely horrific and did the opposite of what they were supposed to. They did uh-huh. the opposite of rehabilitation. It's like those. These people need, like... Someone who's they're... already broken, like, putting them in deep darkness forever alone is going to help them. Uh, at that point, death is a mercy. Give me Literally. death. They're like, Literally. it's so cruel to kill them. We can't kill them. It's like, it's crueler to make them live for thousands of years with their mind shattered. Just like, in I don't eternal know. darkness. Put them out of their misery at that point. Like They literally, okay, spoilers for Amphibia. If you haven't seen the Amphibia finale, they literally just did something like that with Marcy. When she was trapped in the core. She broke out. She realized it was a simulation when she, when she was corrupted by the core due to Andreas, mm. and her punishment was going to be before Sasha Waybright by Goddess, um, speaking of Pride Month, <laughs> severed it, severed the connection, like literally was her sword, it was like a wire, um, and got her free of it. But before that happened, she was going to have to spend her entire life in eternal darkness. That was her punishment. Uh, it's and just... they addressed that, they're like, this is a fate worse than death. It's cruel. It's like Azkaban, but worse. Because at least in Azkaban, you have some semblance of yourself. When your mind is shattered in Keepers, you're just living in eternal torment. And you actually can't escape it because it's in your own mind. It's just And at put- least Azkaban is above ground. Right. Put me out of my misery. Dear God, please. Like, I would have that on papers everywhere. I'd be like, if my mind ever shatters, 
uh, throw me off a cliff or something. Like, plant my seed in the, the sapling tree. Get me out of here. Like, literally. Oh. Uh, the uh, Tyrkin Prentice Wiley. Uh, obviously, my mom doesn't know this. She's only in book three. To her, Prentice is still messed up and everything. But where they are now, I just want them to all heal. And, like, yeah. Prentice and Tyrkin get married. <laughs> it's not going to happen. But, like, my headcanon, <laughs> they get married. They continue to raise Wiley together. Because at this point, Tyrkin is Wiley's father. Yes. At this point, Tyrkin gets a say in how Wiley is raised. Because he raised him. So it's mm-hmm. absolutely going to be co-parenting no matter what. It's not like Prentice came back and Tyrion just stops thinking of Wiley as a son. Or vice versa. So, Which I love that we have this second representation of adopted family, mm. by the way, in the series and found family. That is such a powerful part of this series. And I cannot emphasize enough how much I appreciate it. Especially as an infertile woman who wants to adopt herself. Yeah. In hopes that I have the financial privilege to be able to do that when I'm older and, you know, maybe publish a successful book series. Mm. Um, we're getting there. I'm uh, actually querying Shannon Messenger's agent soon. So cross my fingers that I might get a yes from her. Uh, cross your fingers, prayers, whatever you do. If you're listening to this, all good energy towards that and hoping I'm successful would be greatly appreciated. Mm-hmm. But yes, I'm not going to reveal the name. If you want to find it, it's pretty easy to look at look it up yourself but Mm. i am planning on querying shannon messenger's agent because my series that i'm querying i've only written the first book obviously and Mm. started the second book but it is right in line with keeper of the lost cities in terms of being a middle grade fantasy yeah and i would love to have her as an agent she seems absolutely awesome she clearly knows what she's doing sorry for the little self-plug there but (laughs) i just had to say that anyways where were we Adoption. Yes. I love that representation in this series. And I also do found family in my series. Yeah, I do too as well. In mine. Waru. Yep. Which is a huge young adult novel. Oh god, don't. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Katie and I went two different roads when we were like, we're both, we both started, well, we've been writing forever. But when we both sat down to write books, like, we like split. Like, Katie went like middle grade fantasy fun adventure and i went dark ya with maybe hope at the end of the tunnel like it just like split paths uh it really is they're very (laughs) very different novels i've only read part of hers um for reasons that i'm not there's some triggers in there yeah, let's just put it that way. Um, yeah. It would be a whole long spiel. Right. But I have read parts of it, and I do plan to read all of it someday when I feel like I can handle it. It's not, like, violence triggers or anything along those lines. I don't care about violence. I can mm-hmm. read anything like that. Um, personal triggers. Say, yeah. Yeah, personal triggers. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, on Honestly, that note, <laughs> yeah, pray for both of us in terms of finding agents and being successful in the publishing world. I'll Woo-hoo. give that little shout out. <laughs> and um, happy I, so keep shipping. Happy so keep shipping, guys. Have a great, great day. You know what? You know what? We talked about everyone today. Let's go through everyone. Happy so keep shipping. Happy Dexiana shipping. Happy Dits shipping. Happy Bex. Uh, uh, what would you call Tam and Morella? Torella, Tor- Torella, yeah. Torella shipping. Happy 
asexual, aromantic Maruka. <sighs> Don't need no man or woman. <laughs> um, and a shout out to Sapphicstina, just for the game. And a shout out to <laughs> Sapphicstina. That's a great way to end it. Okay. <laughs> Bye, Bye, guys. <laughs>